Hey everyone, welcome to episode 79 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekandSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. You can ask me if you wanted me to explain my strategy more. I don't want you to more, explain your strategy more. But Derek and Steve present waiting on running backs, which usually you don't do. Usually you got to grab the running backs because you just go out and get them. There are just few, grab them. Are, so Jump we, right don't, in we don't do this often, but I'm going to say we'll we'll let loose. All right, okay. So I would, this I would, team. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. We're going to have some growing pains. That's the way it is. I can't do anything about it. Quote, I can't do anything about growing it. Growing pains. Growing <laughs> pains. Okay? Yeah. In your fifth season at this school. <laughs> yeah. Growing pains. And I can't do anything about Hold on. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 79 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what's going on? What's going on, Derek? Not much is going on. I have a, I have a, not a cold, but, but I'm, a something. I'm, I have yeah. a something. I'm yeah. stuffed up today. It's probably coming through on the podcast. I don't sound my, my golden pipes are silver today. <laughs> it's so okay. Silver's still okay. Silver's good pipes. Yeah. Better than your rusty <laughs> bronze, rusty brown pipes. Nice, nice toilet pipes. Yeah, no, it's rustic. It's nope. Like nice, like Poop. nice, uh, toilet nice, uh, pipes. Like raspy, uh, rusty, nice. In a good way, you know. Yeah, so so that's what's going on with me. Uh, big weekend for the squads. Yeah, big weekend for the squads. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll jump right into it. Yeah, so we, we'll, we'll do three periods today. Just a quick, quick uh, uh, debrief. We got BC Update first, Pop Culture second, Sports third. Similar to, I think, a, multiple of our recent episodes during BC football season, we have to give them uh, a share of the show, at least for right now, until we decide we don't want to do that anymore. It's going to be soon. <laughs> um, so we'll kick it off there. Um so BC loses this week, forty-nine to twenty against Notre Dame. I'll let you kick off the first topic because you just have LOL Adazio. LOL Adazio. So <laughs> I mean, that's this is what I want to start with. I want you to 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 kick off that point because that sure. can apply to a bunch of different things. So this LOL applies to a few things. I'm laughing out loud, not with you, Adazio. This is LOLing at you. I am LMBOing my butt off at you. <laughs> I like that. Um. No, we had a it, – it's tough because we seem like we're in games. We we start games proportionate to our skill level. <laughs> yes. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. And it, going into the third quarter, we were down one point to Notre Dame. Yeah. Who is a good football team. Yeah. R- relative to – I mean, they're, they're – They're supposed to be a good football team. They're, they're – yeah, they're supposed to be a good team, and they are probably a little bit better of a team than BC is. They could potentially be ranked. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, I mean, they, they they lost a very close game to number 19. They were ranked. They lost. They were yeah. 24th, and they lost to number 19, Georgia, in a one-point game. And we so, have, I mean, so they're, they're right there on the yeah, cusp of the top So, 25. we have no business being ranked. Right. So, we, we should probably, I, I hate to say this, but lose to them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. However, we put such a bad coaching product on the field. It's obvious to everyone in the stands that what's happening is not proper football. Mm-hmm. At the end of the first quarter, or at the end of the second half. quarter, first yeah. half, we get the ball back with how much time? I think, I think around a minute. Around uh, a minute, there's a bad punt that, or yeah. whatever. That, anyway, we got the ball back in their territory with about a minute left. Two, just, two basically timeouts. midfield, just over midfield. Just over midfield. Yeah. We run a terrible incomplete pass, a quarterback draw or like a running back draw. We get no yards, and then. Let the time run out. 
take a knee. We, we With two timeouts left. Two timeouts left. We don't even bother. Two timeouts left on their side of midfield. And fine. If you think that you're going to go into halftime and, and, and I think Notre Dame got the ball back. They, I believe they did. Yeah, so Notre Dame was getting the ball. So, it, fine. If that's your strategy, at least be consistent. So last week against Wake Forest, we get the ball back with a couple minutes left, try to run a few plays, throw a pick six. Mm-hmm. So now Adazio is scared as hell and decides to run the clock out rather than try to get the lead going in halftime against Notre Dame. So th- there's just conflicting football ideologies he still has no idea what he's doing. None. He's co- head coach, five years in, has no idea what his game plan is. None. From week to week, he changes how he approaches winning football games. And you cannot like at have the that. fundamental level. At the not, fundamental not at, level. Not at like a game matchup pl- level. Yeah, not at a game plan no. level. Not no. at a versus X no. or Y team level. There's no chance that in the game plan, it's like, okay, against Wake Forest. We we're going to get the ball yeah. back before half and try to score before half. Against Notre Dame, we're going to run the clock out and be safe. Yeah. That is not a matchup thing. That's a coaching philosophy thing. Like that's like Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Urban Meyer, whoever it is, they their philosophy is what they are going to do. Their players Yes, there are factors. Are, their players are confident in their coach. They're confident in their play calling and they run the plays the coach tells them to run and they know the game plan. And our players have no idea what's going on. And in the most counterintuitive explanation Maybe I've ever heard this guy give, which which is a deep history of counterintuitive explanations, okay? Yeah. Maybe the most counterintuitive one I've ever heard him give was his explanation for why he decided to play it safe and run the clock out. And it was because he liked the look in Anthony Brown's eye. He liked the look in his eye. He felt that his quarterback was confident, and he didn't want to ruin that psyche. What? What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. So, you're, so you're, you're, you like where you're at with your quarterback situation. Which, by the way, I kind of do too, despite the numbers. I actually kind of don't mind what Anthony Brown's doing. I, like, I know that he's throwing interceptions. I, I know that. That's bad. But it is better than, like, the John Fadul, Troy Flutie, Jeff Smith, you know, we said all these the, quarterbacks in the past. Patrick we, Tolles. We said this at the like, beginning of the season. We're giving a f- true freshman or a redshirt freshman? Redshirt freshman the reins. We're giving him the reins. He's going to make mistakes. He's not very good. Right. But I'd rather him be not very good than a fifth-year senior be not very good. Right. Or a Fadul, a, a guy who – it's like walk me on. And, Yeah, a walk-on who played tight end to be very good. So Anthony Brown is a true athlete, good quarterback who he, – He's is, got the skill set. He's got the skill set. He's a bit in over his head so far. Certainly. He's had to play a couple of tough games – with bad results. Yeah. And by the way, he he's also been plagued by he's had at least at least two picks that have gone off his receiver's hands into into defensive backs arms. I mean, so he's not getting any breaks either because the the uh, frankly the offense around him is terrible. Terrible. And his offensive line is terrible. So, um and those are all the coach's fault by the way. But so let's go back to this this answer, okay? So you like what you see from your quarterback. This is not like what I expected. Like, so you liked the look in your quarterback's eyes for the first time this year. You're thinking we have our quarterback in a good spot. I think Anthony Brown is confident right now. He's got great psyche. This is great. Let's kneel the ball and go to halftime. That's what we want to do yeah. with a quarterback who's feeling it. Right? He looks good. Yeah. That's what every coach does when a quarterback's feeling it and he's really got his mojo going. As we take a knee and we go to half. Like, are you ki- like what kind of an explanation is that? Yeah. So we're out on Adazio. Yes. Have been for a while. BC going into halftime down one point. 
finishes the game 49 to 20. Adazio has no idea what he's doing in the second half. None. Couldn't score a point. By the by the way, he's still life. Steve Adazio is still not putting Harold Landry on the field for like 30% of the snaps in the game. Two? This it's it's ridiculous. So Harold Landry's the best defensive player. Her- First best player on our team by far. Harold Landry in a mock draft last week was number two. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. An NFL mock draft had had Harold Landry going number two in the NFL draft. Wow. I like I was stunned to see that. I know that he's a, a high prospect. One of the ESPN or some I, I don't know if it was ESPN or one of the related big networks had Harold Landry at number two in a mock draft. So Notre Dame broke two very long runs up the middle. Yeah. Harold Landry plays the end, and I know it's not one person's responsibility yeah. to change the defense. He was off the field for both of those long runs. <laughs> was he really? He was. I oh looked my that God. up today. Harold Landry was not on the field for those two. One was 65-yard touchdown by the quarterback. By the quarterback on a terrible play that was like, I need to leave the game right now. And one and one was just a, a halfback dive up the middle. Yeah. So terrible, terrible all around. We're out on Adazio. Hate his guts. Um, did speak with one of my friends who was a Florida fan who Adazio used to be, I think, their offensive coordinator. Yes, yes. So he's, I said, like, I'm so sick of Adazio. How would you ever put up with him? He literally just screenshotted a post on his Facebook from 2013 or 14 <laughs> that says fireadazio.com. He, he said someone created a fireadazio.com when he was at Florida because he's so bad. Um, so moving on. That's that's old news now. We're going to talk about that every week. By the way, go to you, at some point go to YouTube and search for Steve Adazio, Florida. And like you'll get some very funny fan videos, um, those videos with like the computerized voices and like oh, yeah. the characters, and they they just like use his actual con- quotes probably. Uh, I think sometimes yes, but also then sometimes just completely made up. But like a, a conversation between him and Urban Meyer or something, and it's just very funny because it gives you an idea of what they thought of him, and it all it's all coming to life now for us. So, yeah. by the way, Fire Dazio is um is available <laughs> on, on GoDaddy. So let's do it. I think so. I might, um, might have to look into that. So, moving on, beers in the stadium, still extremely difficult to get. Uh, I was – Tommy and John Wang and I went to search for beers at halftime, Mm -hmm. didn't show back up with beers until midway through the third quarter. Yeah. The lines are outrageously long. There's only two places in the entire stadium to get them. Yeah. It's – they need – to open it up to more people. They, they need to open up stands everywhere and throughout the concourse. They need little stands. They are serving beers out of cans. They're not doing it. They're not pouring them on draft. Like, there is no limitation to having a draft. Like, Do you think there's a, a re- like some regulation that says you can only serve don't beer in two places? I don't know, but it, it's bad. And it's like, so there were, there were a couple points in time that I got up and went somewhere. I think I, I got up at one point in the game to use the bathroom, and then I got up at another point in the game to get beer at halftime. And uh, I went with our friend James, and we, we got up with, honestly, with four minutes left in the first half is when we left, when BC failed to convert on a drive or something. We, we reached a point where it was like, all right, we're going on defense. There's four minutes left. Let's go. Yeah. So I actually missed that, the whole thing at the end of the half. When gotcha. we got the ball back, I missed it. I just had to read up on it later. I missed that, and I got back literally – 30 seconds before the second half kickoff. We left with five minutes left in the first half. Bridged which is, which all is of halftime. 10, 15 minutes of actual yeah, time. Yeah, like, like 10 or 15 minutes of, of real time, and then bridging all of halftime is how long it took us to go get get two beers and come back. Yeah. And so there was that. And then even just in general, during those times, once those lines build up, you couldn't even like walk through the, to go to the bathroom. The the, like, li- packed, like yeah. We literally were still four or five sections away, and we just decided to go up 
like right up right there, like walk through the actual like bleachers on the field of play, like outside of the field of play to get to the second level to keep walking around because of how crowded the first level was. Yeah. It was bad. It's bad. Like it's it so we'll cut them slack there. It's only the second game serving alcohol. Yes. They're probably figuring it out. I hope they are. If yeah. not, it's going to be a bad if that doesn't change, it's not going to be a good thing for Boston College. It's right. going to be a hindrance it, yeah. and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. We, it will turn us into a bad place to watch a football game. Yes, it will. Anyway, it will. for for people who so. drink beer and people who don't, it's going to be a bad thing. Oh, oh it affects yeah. both. It affects both. I mean, if you wanted to go get – I mean, yes, they did have so, – so to answer, to touch on that quickly, there there are designated concessions that don't have beer, and there's some lines that are beer and wine only. You can't even get food at it, which – Yes, that speeds it up, I guess. Although it is kind of like, it, it's it's an inconvenience if you want to get like if you want to go get a beer and a hot dog, you can't do it. You you cannot do it at halftime yeah. because you have to go to a line that's only beer, and then you don't have any time to get in a line that's for food as well. Um, so you're right. It, it it will be a hindrance if they don't figure it out. Um, I really hope they do. They have a stand set up outside the stadium. I don't know why they can't set up more stands like that. They're just pouring cans in cups. It's not stupid. Or just give us the cans. Like like. At TD Garden, they give you cans. They crack them open. You can't shotgun them. Like, just do that. I yeah. mean, I don't know. It's the key is not being able to shotgun them. I mean, that's honestly part of the reason yeah. I think why why they why at venues they do that also so you can't throw them. But like, I mean, you could still throw a beer can if it was open. You could still throw it and hurt somebody yeah. with it. So, I mean, the point is, other venues do it. The Garden does it. Fenway Park probably does it with some cans there. I don't know exactly, but. I imagine they Definitely. do. Definitely, I've had one of them. You've had a can, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Actually, I remember that the Green Monster ones too. They 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 yeah. serve. So, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. that would speed everything up. So. Okay. Uh, moving on to the last BC update, uh, kind of positive, but we'll probably turn it into a negative. <laughs> is we got a response from Jared Dudley. Well, we as in me got a response yeah. from Jared Dudley on Twitter. Um, Jared Dudley, a former BC basketball player, longtime NBA player, played in the league for like thirteen years. Yeah. Um, is he still in the league or no? I don't think so. If he's still in the league, the NBA sucks. <laughs> I think he might be. He's like be. 50. I think he um, might be. And anyway, he we he was saying, like, love coming back to BC. What's going on, fam? And, like, something on Twitter. And I said, hey, Jared. Or I called him J-Dub. J-Dud. Hey, J-Dud. Uh, two BC guys run a podcast here. Um, wondering if you'd like to be on it. Share your experience. We'd love to have you. Something like that. He responds, Within two minutes, no problem. <laughs> Just no problem. I immediately lose my shit and start texting everyone I know and telling everyone, oh, crap, we're going to have an actual NBA superstar. Not superstar, but – Player. <laughs> very good long yeah. – like a – A good, serviceable story, NBA yeah, player for a long time. career in the NBA yeah. player on our podcast. Go to DM him. DM's unavailable from this person. Right. You cannot DM Jared Dudley. I respond to him, Jared, thanks so much. You're the man. Would you please DM me? No response. So – we're kind of at a dead end right now with Jared. Mm-hmm. However, I have yet to retweet that. And right, I, right. And I think that's our last ammunition. It's just next week, retweet it, right. quote it, say, you still up for this? Yeah. How's Monday the – and we pick a Monday. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think that would work. Or I think it, it's our last chance. I don't think it chance. will work. It's our last chance of it working. Exactly. That's what you should um, say. Um, so that's just, it. Just, just, a, just a note, we might be able to get Jared Dudley on the podcast. I feel like you've pulled up some stats from I him. I have. Jared Dudley last year played in 64 games for the Suns. He played 21 minutes a game. 
So, I mean, wow. he's not, like, just riding the bench completely. Average seven points, three and a half rebounds. Last year? Last year. He played so 21 he, minutes a game for the Suns? And he's still on the Suns. Yeah, the Suns are very bad. But, what? Um, yeah, he played 21 minutes last year a game for the Suns. Shot wow. uh, 38% from three, which is – Oh, he's a three-point shooter now. Which is yeah, – I mean, he always has been a pretty good three-point shooter. Um, his career three-point average is 39%, which is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, pretty good. Um. He had several years in there where he shot over 40% from from three, but that was in his prime, really. Um, well, we may have a yeah. current NBA player in on his, the podcast. In his best, best season in the NBA, he had 12.7 points a game and five rebounds, which is pretty serviceable. So, Dude, that's – how many years do we know? Uh, let's see. Uh, I would have to look – I might have to count them, but I think it's about count. 11. 11 seasons, looks like. Yeah, 2007-8 was his first season, so I think 10 seasons he's played. That's and a th- lot this, of this NBA. This will be his eleventh, I believe. Yeah. So, a lot of people like Jimmer Fredette was in the year for like ten days, yeah. and he was <laughs> a big college basketball. Player. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's for, for everything you want to say about Jared Dudley, he's. I mean, yeah. He's he's been a consistently average NBA player. I yeah. mean, it, with for a lot of, for a long time, which is which is a pretty good it's accomplishment. He's played twenty minutes a game pretty much his whole career. All so, right. Well, hopefully least. he comes on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so you know, what I think about that. I think, dude, it's over. I think you know what I think. Like, dude, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> this, this is over. <laughs> we still have to find a way to make that sound like a, a clip. A clip and not me just saying it. But that although my, my vocal inflection could be different, you know? No, it's hard because you said, I think, and then you hit yeah. the button. Yeah. Like, it sounds like, I think, like, dude, this is over. It's like yeah, exactly right, right, right. the same as your voice. Right. It's true. It's true. Like, dude, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> this, this is over. Okay, now it's over. Okay. And you can hear it kind of cut off at the end. So. All right, fine. Cool. Moving on to pop culture. Pop culture. Still need, still need a sound effect for that. We, we do. That. Um, we say that every week. Anyone has any ideas for what sound? I have ideas. Yeah. For, don't well, ask. I mean, you were asking me what ideas I had. No, I've got ideas. Right. You just don't All listen right. to me. All That's right. on you. Um, okay. Few interesting topics on pop culture this week. Uh, obviously, we have to start with the Emmys, which was last night, Sunday night. Yep. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale wins big. That's the story of the night. Yep. We are about six, seven episodes into The Handmaid's Tale. I think, yeah. We stopped. We stopped. Yeah, we lost momentum. I think we stopped more because it's hard to find an hour where all of us are it happens here a lot. It happens at the house. A lot. Yeah. Not because it wasn't good. Right. I actually right. very much enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and it's well acted, well written. It's better than the book, which I've said, multi- I've right. said multiple times that right. – the the book is good, but the show is is way better, which never happened. So I, I highly recommend it. It's a Hulu mm-hmm. original. It was basically one big ad for Hulu, which has now a terrible user interface. Oh, yeah. They changed it. Yeah. Like two days ago. Anyway, we'll run through the uh, awards. Best outstanding drama, Handmaid's Tale. Yep. Lead actress Elizabeth Moss, Handmaid's Tale. Best supporting actress Anne Dowd, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, lead actor Sterling Brown. In This Is Us, never heard of him, but I've heard of the show, yeah. and apparently it's good. Yeah. Um, also, here's a list of some other people who won <laughs> Emmys last night. It's literally everyone. Aziz Ansari, Alec Baldwin, Donald Glover, Riz Ahmed, who's the guy from The Night Of, Kate McKinnon from SNL, Nicole Kidman, John Lithgow. Every person got an Emmy. <laughs> like, every famous person got an Emmy yeah. last night. For, yeah. for what, I don't know. It's... Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy, Best Actress in a Comedy, Best Comedy Series, Best Supporting Actor. It's just there's so many awards. Emmy inflation. It's all just – 
who's the be- who's yeah. and the thing is there's no game of thrones oh they're not in this one for some reason i think really? it was because the it, the year the cutoff year didn't oh, make it yeah okay yeah, yeah so yeah. game of thrones didn't make it so like all the other hbo shows got their their dues like right. little big lies and the night of and um yeah veep the, all these shows got it feels it feels so dumb though like it Game of I Thrones mean, would have won all of the But awards. Game of Thrones is going to win them all next year. And it's yeah. going to be like, that was a year ago. That was like a year and a half ago. Like It is what or, it is. You know. um, the other only thing to note is that Stranger Things doesn't win one Emmy. That's got tough. nominated for That's three, tough. doesn't win one Emmy, which and – it's surprising because Do you know what category really it was? Good. Was it a drama? Is that yeah, I was, mean, that's Well, one was best drama. It one was like best and then the other two were actors Yeah, but but so I, but so it was classified as a drama, which Yeah. Stranger Things was a little bit of a unique show and like it that's it feels to me like that would be an uphill battle for a show like that to win a best drama thing against something like Handmaid's Tale, which is very serious. Very dramatic. You know, very dramatic, and very serious. I wouldn't know if I would call Stranger Things super dramatic. It's it was like it was good. And and it probably is a it drama. It just doesn't but fall it's into like, any it's other like, category. It's more of like a it, it's hard to explain. But it's, it, it, it's not like a feel good show, but it's like a feel bad a, show. It's a it's 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 like a it's a less serious show. It's got a lot of humor in it and it's like also it's like good for everyone kids would like it you know it's kind of like a it's a show that might have a tough time winning emmys i could see i could see that being a thing going forward too if, well, it's, if it's in that category that's hindsight's 2020 Derek. yeah because it didn't win any emmys yeah it had a hard time winning yeah it, it did um other thing to note colbert roasted trump mm-hmm. went uh, i mean that's colbert's stick it always yeah, has been yeah. he when he switched to the late night for the first couple months he was playing it safe and his ratings were down mm-hmm. and he's just like you know what I'm just gonna go back Gotta to the me. I'm going back to the Colbert Report. Yeah. I'm just gonna be on a different channel. Yeah. And he did it, started ripping on Trump again, ratings are through the roof. Yeah. So he stuck to his guns. Uh some pretty uh aggressive jokes. He he made fun of um Bill Maher for using the N word. Um, he was it, I mean he went yeah. he wasn't holding he anything went for back. It. However, there was one moment that people are very split on, and it's the moment that they brought out Sean Spicer. Um, so the joke was Stephen Colbert was saying this is going to be the most watched Oscars in history, um, but I, I can't confirm that. Let's bring out someone who who can confirm that. Sean, what do you think? And Sean Spicer, former press secretary, rolls out with his podium, podium. which is yeah. pretty funny, Yeah, and says this is the largest viewing crowd that has ever watched Emmys, period, and which is basically what he says yeah, about yeah. said about Donald Trump the inauguration, inauguration yeah. which was blatantly false. And some the reactions were great, a lot of funny reactions. They looked at Melissa McCarthy; she was did not know he was going to show up. You yeah. could tell. Um, and so he was out there for ten seconds and then rolled his podium back in. Half of the people in this community of super elite liberal uh, Emmy viewers and, and attendees mm-hmm. were very upset that he's being normalized, which I understand. They There's a lot of backlash on Twitter saying Spicer, like I will never laugh with Spicer. Yeah. He's a liar. He joined a group uh, 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 that's trying to normalize hatred and uh, bigotry mm-hmm. and there he's lying to the American people's faces and I will never find this funny. Whoever put this together should be ashamed. So I, I get the idea behind that. I really do. And I'm very anti the Trump administration. Yep. I just – I think you are too. We, yep. we feel strongly. Yep. However, I don't feel that way about 
this joke. No, neither do I. I think that the more angry this makes Donald Trump, and it will make him so mad that Spicer is getting off, not scot-free, because he absolutely should not get off scot-free, but if he can be pulled to our side and and just blow the lid off this thing and say, you're right, we were lying to the American people, and it was a bad thing. And obviously you shouldn't joke about it, but – Anything that helps him move in that direction, yeah. I think I'm okay with. Well, yeah. Well, like, I mean, to, to the – and so I agree with pretty much everything you just said as far as where I stand on all those issues and where I stand in general on Spicer. Like, he definitely shouldn't get off scot-free either. But, I mean, to, to the people that are livid about this, like, like, like you said, freaking out about it, I, I have to ask a question to them. And that's like, you know, in this situation um, – if you were to encounter a Trump supporter in your life, right, and they said that they wanted, you know, they came, they, they sort of were like, you know what, I was wrong. Like, I actually, like, this is this is out of control. And, like, wanted to flip to the quote-unquote your side, right? Would you and say no? Because, because like, you, cause you don't want to be involved with anything that anyone who ever supported him? And it's becoming so divisive, and, and to jump off that point, it's becoming so divisive that the only way people can come to terms with things like that now is with making fun of themselves. Like Spicer's not going to come out and say, I'm an idiot. I'm wrong because people have been saying that to his face for the past year. They've been yelling at him, screaming at him, tweeting it at him. If he accepts all of that, all of that's true. Yeah. But if, if you can ease into it with some humor and you're like, that was a crazy time. I mean, I need, it's it's a tough subject, obviously. Yeah. It's hard to talk about, but I don't think that using humor as a way to get people to realize things about themselves and about the society is a bad thing. I don't think so either. And and and, and again, I I, I do want to be careful not to toe the line too closely of of try, of sounding like it's defending Spicer. Yes. Because, because certainly cer- not doing because that. this this isn't some some civilian on the street who got put into a situation that he had no control over. You know, he, he, he chose to be the press secretary for Donald Trump, you know? So, I mean that like, you don't choose that if you're completely against all of that, you know? So he was at one point in time on Donald Trump's side. That that's, that's a fact. Okay. Yeah. But there are other facts to it too, which is that he, he did resign a few months ago. He resigned because he had a vehement disagreement with Donald Trump about the direction of the press department in the white house. Okay. So, so yes, I, I, everything everything he lied about at the press at the podium, it should not be joked about. You know, in general, yeah. I agree. Like like we can't. I think l- like, so. I think yeah. if you're gonna get mad at Spicer for doing that, you have to get mad at the SNL skits too. Yeah. Because you if, and and maybe they are. Maybe those people who are getting mad at Spicer are also mad at the SNL and everyone making. I'd be fun willing of to it. bet they're not. I'd be willing to yeah. bet they're not either. But that's so. So you can make fun of him in SNL and skits and all that stuff. Anybody. It could be a Republican, Democrat. I don't care. And then turn around and say, oh, if they've accepted the joke that you've created about them, they're just butthurt that it's not hurting their feelings anymore yeah. is what they're doing, is what yeah. they are. So I I hate Sean Spicer. I really do. I hate everything that, <laughs> that that whole administration stood for. But I think him walking into a stage where – 99.9% of the people absolutely despise that administration and kind of joking and making or at least trying to make them laugh. Yeah. Means that Donald Trump is losing and he's going to hate that. Well yeah, yeah. and at the same, and it's also 
essentially it's an admittance of him, you know, conceding that that he was wrong. I mean, like that he is a joke. That, like, yeah, and, and that and that those jokes were justified. Like, this is there is no longer any. So, so he's just he's taking the veil off of that. It's like, okay, yeah, that was a that was a just complete lie. Like, like when I up there and talked about the inauguration, that was a complete lie. Like, and so you know that that angers Donald Trump to no end. And yeah, I agree. I, I think joking about it is not the end of the world. I think that there are. I, I like you said. I understand where it's all coming from. If somebody higher up in the Trump administration who then left and then started joking about it, or or if someone who was still in the position started joking about it, you know, like if Sean Spicer was was on TV joking about inauguration crowd sizes while he was still press secretary and was still going up there every yeah. week and lying, that would be a lot different. That'd be like, you know, yeah. But he's removed from it. He resigned from it. He he's uh, to me he's allowed to admit that he was wrong for doing those things. And and you know, like you said. Maybe this is the like the best way that he and it probably wasn't all his idea. Somebody obviously yeah. someone asked him to do this, but but you know for from his point of view, maybe he'd rather do it this way than to tweet like, "Hey, I was wrong about all those yeah. times I did that." Now everyone's just gonna make fun of him for that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I'm yeah. So we'll see. We'll see where it yeah. goes. I, I don't, don't think anything's gonna happen from it. I think it's just a lot of people choosing to to politicize something that yeah. was tr- was trying to be a joke. Yeah, which is happening a lot lately. So uh, yeah. I'm. I'm fine with that, but yeah, I can see why people are upset. Uh, yeah, I can see why they're upset. And the last thing I think um, that it, that it the, the last thing that it's I think a little bit of a problem for people being upset is that it does start to add more fuel to the like this is an us versus you thing, like a, like a two teams type of thing, yeah. the red blue thing, and that's a huge problem because yeah. because as long as the two as long as the two sides are seeing that as as long as the two sides are interpreting the other side. As being a us versus you thing, then we're never going to get anywhere. It's like, and I get the never Trump thing, but like, it can't be never anything ever from that side of with, the aisle. Yeah, it yeah. can't be never anyone who wants to change or anything. Any, like, yeah. Now we can never make jokes. But I don't know. There yeah. has to be some trend towards the middle ground in order to make this work. Right. Ever. Right. Yeah. And if if that joke it, helps, then good. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Whatever. So okay. So that's it on the Emmys. Turned a little political, but yeah, we okay. don't do that too often. So no, that's too often. Um, okay. We let loose a little right there. We just let <laughs> loose a little, Derek. How about it? Um, okay, moving on to American Vandal. Yes. So next topic in pop culture is American Vandal. It is a new series on Netflix. It is uh, – I'll describe it, and then you describe how much we like it. Sure. Okay. So it is a spoof of a – it's like a mix between serial and making a murderer and all these crime documentaries that take one subject and one action or, or one crime and dig really, really deep into it, get you hooked, you know the characters, and it's a total epic spoof on something like this for a high school prank, and we love it. So, Derek, tell them why we love it. So, all right, here we go. We were – we first saw this trailer, and by the way, we were not alone when we very first saw this because a ton of the internet thought the same thing. I'll, I'll mention a little bit more about that soon. Big lot of the they internet. They thought a huge, big lot, ginormous part of the internet <laughs> thought that this was fake. I, I mean, people watched this trailer, and they were like, this is a hilarious trailer, but it's it's for a fake Netflix show. Yeah, like, or it's it was not, like, this is a very well-done spoof trailer yeah it's like, a spoof congrats trailer. on that well, yeah. yeah like like this trailer is hilarious like and it would be so that like Great that's a job. funny concept yeah. but this isn't real 
it's completely real. And um, and there's so the, eight episodes. And there's eight episodes, and they're thirty minutes each. So like, like it's a pretty legit little comedy series. Um, so this this show. Why do we love this show so much? There's a lot of reasons I think for that. <laughs> First, first is that we watched Making a Murderer and listened to Serial. Okay, that, that's the first thing. And I don't think it's a prereq for you to like this show, yeah. to have watched those two, but you know. it's way better. It I, is I mean, still very well produced. It's really well produced. Well uh, but, but if you watch those two, then you pick up on all of the subtleties, and there are a lot of them, yeah. that are just brilliant mockeries of Making a Murderer and Serial. Um, but so what is the show? So uh, we're not, we won't give away plot points, but give enough to l- give you an understanding of what it is because I am – Stuff this you can see in the trailer. This is the first time in a while that I'm I'm advocating for. I'm telling people to watch this. Yeah, so, and like, I, I'm like, excited to watch the last two episodes. Yeah, me yeah. too. Like, I, like you know, we watch shows and it's like, all right, this is a good show. But I don't. Like, I've texted a few people, like, gone out of my way to tell pe- for some of my friends to watch this because I think it's I think it's brilliant. But yeah. so this uh, this character, the main actor is Jimmy Tatro, is his name. Tatro, Tatro. I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, Jimmy Tatro. He's really only known for some YouTube videos. But great prior ones, to the, Great ones. Epic YouTube videos. Uh, great YouTube videos. And he uh, also was in 22 Jump Street in a minor role. So he – and he probably has been in a couple other things. But this is his first, as far as we know, main TV role. So he is the um, alleged person who vandalized a bunch of cars in the parking lot. Okay, Over their high school. In the high school. They drew a bunch of dicks on cars. Okay? Yes. That's like – Spray painted. Spray painted. Yeah, spray painted a bunch of dicks on cars. Okay, that's the that's – the, that's the gist of the show, and it sounds really dumb, but um, <laughs> but that's where the brilliance of the show comes in because it's this entire narrative, a thorough investigative narrative that is built around who did the vandalism. Who it's did called the dicks. A, who did the dicks. It's called American Vandal for that reason. And so uh, the whole thing's going on. It gets a little bit meta, too, because, like, they're at this high school, and, like, everyone's it's, – it's, first of all, the depiction of the high school is great, too, because, yeah. like, every character is, like – I would be willing to bet you watch the show and you could think of kids that you went to high school with that it's like that reminds me of that person or that reminds me of that person. It's yes. like it's a very much um, it's not the like they could have made like they could have made all the characters really stereotypical. Like the jock could have been this like big meathead jock and like, you know, there's all all those all those like it's typical very, it's high a very school realistic roles. portrayal of high school, very realistic portrayal. And so all the characters, you can totally see them being real. It, and like it's just all these interviews with them. The the documentary is airing at school while everyone's be like trying to figure out what's going on, and so like it starts going viral like while they're it's like there's there are, there are many levels to it, and just in general it's like it it gets so intricate and complex in the investigative nature of it like there's this entire detailed plot storyline of like just like making a murder of like yeah, all these things that keep coming lines, up timelines there's there, there's multiple people running tests. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all a joke, obviously. It's all a joke, but it, it's not presented as a joke. And, and like, you. Like, I want to know who did it. I, I, wanted, I, I was just. I was reading a review today, and, like, it, it's. This was one of the best descriptions I've seen in, in why it's so funny is that you'll be watching this show, and, like, 10 minutes will go by, and you haven't real And you haven't laughed yet, and you'll just start cracking up. Because if 10 minutes go by, and you haven't laughed. It means that you're paying attention to this as a crime documentary. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's about who drew a bunch of dicks on cars in high school. A completely fictional story. Yeah. And like you'll sit there and watch it for ten minutes while they're in an actual investigative part, and you're actually you actually want to know like want to know and all you're, the like, details. Questioning stuff. You're like, Why would and they do that if they said that? Exactly. And so and that's what makes it so hilariously brilliant is because like the show is doing a great job of like putting in the humor when it. I mean, I shouldn't say putting in the humor. It's it's all humor. But but it's like there's enough seriousness in it that you don't 
you don't sit there and be like, all right, I've watched enough of this. Yeah. This is dumb. You're, you get invested. You're like, now I want to see how this plays out. So one you know? of the, the biggest things we said after the first two episodes was this is going to be great, but it's going to be one or two episodes too long. Yeah. There's, there's not that much they can do to make it this funny for this long. Yeah. But what they did was make it interesting. Yeah. So now it's the right length because I want to know who did it. Yeah. It's no yeah. longer a spoof it's for me. True. It's it's this is a good crime documentary. It's true. Now. There's there's suspects, there's motives, there's alibis. They actually go pretty in depth into yeah. why people have done stuff and didn't. Yeah. They corroborate stories. Yeah. They and run background tests on if people are liars yeah. and, and stuff. And you know what's actually very funny is um in this review that I was reading earlier today, uh, some article online I was looking at about the show it brought up another um, another tie to making a murderer as far as mockery goes that I didn't actually pick up on, but it's very much related to what we were talking about, about, about it being too long. Yeah. And like I, I think the line in the review went something like, it, like the show is about 15% longer than it needs to be because the documentary makers have inserted themselves into the documentary. And, and like and started doing a commentary on the documentary, yeah. But like, which is just like what Making a Murderer did, kind of like, like they got to this point where it was like now about the documentary that was being made and like what they were doing instead of focusing solely on finding out what happened, yes. you know. And so it's like it's another mock. It's sort of like another mocking point. Mockumentary. Like yeah, exactly. And so it's just uh, <laughs> the 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 one the one or two sentence pitch line of this show. Like this show had to get pitched to somebody. And, like, that was their pitch. Like, just somebody drew, spray-painted a bunch of dicks on the faculty car parking lot at yeah. the high school. And we're going to do an eight-episode season trying to figure out who did it. That sounds ridiculous. But, and I understand that when I'm telling, <laughs> yeah. when I'm telling people that they should watch it. it. Says, I understand that sounds ridiculous. It, says weird out, it sounds weird out loud. But, like, you have to try it. And, and, like, and the other thing is, too, I watched one, we watched the first episode of this. And what I thought to myself was that we're going to love this show. But like, there'll be a ton of people who just won't like this show if that's not their sense of humor. Yeah. You know, like, like, but but when it comes down to it, that's not what it's you need to have show. a sense of humor. Yeah. You know, you don't need to think that that drawing a dick on a car is funny. That, that you don't need to think that's funny to enjoy this show. You know, yeah. which so I thought you were gonna have to the only think that was th funny. that was it. My only negative now is that it's very crude. Like, oh it yeah, is, it is. It is. It's, it still is. It's forcing base, base, baseline humor. <laughs> yeah. Like fart. It's fart joke but, humor. But so. But it's yeah. But it's presented in this highly intellectual, exactly, like crazy crime documentary way, which it's, is so clever. I I think it's great. It, it, exactly. That's that's the best way to put it because taking the most primitively stupid form of humor, which is what this show is. I yeah. mean, like there is no more primitive, crude set form of humor than what this show is based upon. And it's and it's built into this huge like artful like yeah. <laughs> mocking so, mocking documentary. Anyway, just to. Get off the dicks, literally. <laughs> uh, it's good. American Vandal. We have watched six episodes. They're thirty minutes long. If you had the time, you could you could binge watch it. It's a show you could cruise through. Um, we've broken it up into a couple days. We're planning on finishing it before the next podcast for sure. Highly recommended from both Derek and Steve. Uh, I'm. I don't want to rate it yet because it's not over, but. Yeah. Give, definitely give it a shot for how unique it is. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely give it a shot. Um, the last thing I want to comment on it, just because I mentioned it at the beginning, uh, so Jimmy Tatro, the main the main actor in the show, uh, he tweeted basically the day, a couple, or day, day or two before it uh, was released on uh, Netflix. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Tatro tweeted like an announcement basically. He's like, the entire first season of American Vandal dropped this Friday on Netflix. 
and yes, for the last time, it absolutely is a real show. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he literally had to keep saying that. Like, he's the main actor, and yeah. people still didn't believe him until literally it released on Netflix. They still didn't believe that it was real. Yeah. So, like, if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch the trailer, and you'll completely get why people didn't believe it was real. Yeah. Because the trailer doesn't feel so, like it's a real show. American but. Vandal, out on Netflix now. Absolutely. So. Um, so I think that does it for pop culture. I think so, too. Right. You know what that sound means? That sound means sports. So sports. Um, let's talk a little. And uh, sorry, a little NFL, and then we'll touch. We'll end with a brief uh, NBA note. Sound okay. good? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, mainly I guess talk about our two teams this week. So you want to go uh, Pats or Bucks first? Let's do Pats first. All right, Pats first. So um, Pats, obviously, we talked about it last week. Had a very poor uh, showing in their season opener against Kansas City. Who, again, like I said at the time, and still will continue to say, Kansas City is a very good team. Yeah. We, we won't really talk about them. They played well last today, week today, but Alex Smith played really well again. Kareem Hunt is really good still. Um, so Kansas City is still definitely a force to be reckoned with. But um, the Pats win big. They offense has no trouble at all. The offense, most people weren't really worried about anyway. But they go out and put. A ton of points up on uh, the Saints. They scored 36. Uh, really a hot start. I think Brady had three touchdowns in the first quarter. Um, they kind of cruised from there. Defense was pretty good uh, against the Saints team that is uh, that generally has a good offense, although I don't know how much gas the, the Saints have left in the tank at this point. They've Drew Brees is getting really old, and they, they seem to not be sustaining the team around him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the Pats really have no trouble with this game uh, winning it. A couple of interesting notes are that I didn't exactly pick up on while watching it, but I've been reading a lot about Malcolm Butler, I guess, having a reduced role huh. in this game, which I didn't I didn't notice. Um, but it's it's eerily similar to some things we've seen with Belichick players in the past, though. Yeah. Uh, guys that are coming up on free agency, guys that you know are going to be due for big paydays. We we, d- we talked about a little bit over the off season, um, the Malcolm Butler contract situation this year, where where they had him in restricted free agency and he only made his $4 million when he could have made more if yeah. he was a, if he was truly a free agent. All this stuff, and now he's got a reduced role, and you think back to things like last year with Jamie Collins when they traded Jamie Collins out of nowhere to the Browns. So it does make you wonder if Belichick's thinking about that. Um, it would be unprecedented. I mean, f- for a two-time Super Bowl hero for you and your number one cornerback, really, I guess you signed Stephon Gilmore, but Butler's the tenured number one corner here. To, to be reducing his role in the defense and eventually trading him. It seems odd, but it's, it's something to keep an eye on, I guess. I can see it. It's yeah. a Belichick move. It I is. Mean, it's, it is. It's a Patriots move, which is not a bad thing, but it's it's purely business to them. Y- yes, Which 100%. is fine. I mean, if that – and they're they're showing to be one of the best teams consistently because of that. 100%, yeah. So – And I tend to – I tend to hes- – I really don't like to reach the point where I say, well, I sort of defend any decision that the coach makes – like, I really don't like that because that's like a cop-out kind yeah. of thing. But I have no real choice with Belichick and when it comes to personnel decisions. I just I just don't. I mean, you don't see players leave the Patriots and go on and have great careers elsewhere and, like, really come back to haunt them and, and say, why they op- ever get rid of that guy? It's, it's the opposite. the opposite when they show up to the Patriots. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so for that reason, I can't – again, they haven't traded Butler or anything like that. It's just, just speculation at this point. He had one game where he didn't play as much, I think. But it's just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't really – judge too harshly against them if he did make a move like that so either way Patriots um, back on track although the injury bug continues to hit them hard um, the Madden curse Madden it's curse Madden curse Brady is not the one getting injured but all of his receivers are every so, single one um, they literally I think were down to one receiver by the end of the last game that hadn't been it was Brandon Cooks only hadn't been at least somewhat injured you know Hogan yeah. was still able to go out there and play How's Gronk's groin Gronk's groin they're saying is minor but they've said things about Gronk injuries in the past that turned out to either get re-aggravated or be bigger problems, that's so it exactly, still makes me nervous. That's exactly what we need is Gronk talking about a groin injury. <laughs> yeah. 
see how that Seriously. goes for the media. So, um, he scored a 69th receiving touchdown over the Saw weekend. Saw that. And that was very not played up by him. So, yeah, maybe um, he's maturing. Although he had already scored his 69th overall touchdown. I think he had a rushing touchdown. Yeah. At some point in his career, so he, um, he made a big whatever deal the case, then, yeah. he made a big deal then. So, okay. <laughs> um, so that's that. Pats are back on track, one and one, um, and we'll see if they continue uh, moving in the right direction. Cool. So. Uh, well, moving on to everybody's favorite topic, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> finally living up to expectations, winning yep. a home opener since I think it was 2002. Like, really? No, maybe not that long. But they haven't. They hadn't won maybe 2012. Uh, they hadn't won a home opener opener a long time. Um, crushed the Bears. The Bears stink. They're really not yeah. good. Mike Lennon looked really bad. But the Bucks did look good. They looked good on defense, got three turnovers and one on special teams, and had and looked good on offense. Could move mm-hmm. the ball up and down, could kick field goals. It was a very complete team, so I'm happy about that. Yep. Um, didn't get Deshaun Jackson involved as much, but I think that's a good thing. I think Mike, Mike Evans had 93 yards, seven catches, and a TD, so he's going to be a stud. Every, every yeah. game he's going to be a stud. So if you can have Deshaun Jackson just be an explosive touchdown every two or three games, that's that's what you would have brought. That's him what in you for, want, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, obviously, I want him to be uh, an amazing receiver, but I think he's just opening things up for Mike. I yeah. mean, every once in a while, you got to go deep to him, and he's fast enough to get there. But I think if Mike Evans can have a hundred yards receiving and a touchdown every every game, everyone else is going to be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Doug Martin comes back in a few games. That'll be even better. We are officially going down for the Pat. Well, yep. Are you officially? Well, going I down? haven't bought them yet, but yeah, I got to buy them tomorrow. Okay. So, um, yeah. A few of us are going down for the Bucks-Pats game Thursday night football. Both teams hopefully should be good. The Bucks play a de- uh, a depleted Vikings team next week. Mm-hmm. Sam Bradford should still be out on injury, so that there's a good chance to win that one. And then a Giants team that's it's been underperforming. So hopefully by the time we get to the Pats, the Bucks are at least three and zero. Yeah, and at least three and zero, or, or <laughs> at least at least two and one, um, or are three and zero, and the Pats are, are two and one or three and one by then. Yeah, uh, that's it. Bucks look good. One game, one and zero. They got first game moved by Irma, but uh, very good showing. Right, right. Um, other big notes: the only other teams that actually look really good in the NFL right now, uh, the Steelers, two and zero. Yep, looking really good. Chiefs looking really good. Yep. Uh, Broncos surprisingly Broncos looking good. Really good. Trevor Simeon, we yeah. talked crap about him last week. Yeah, looks really good. He, yeah. Um, so I mean, l- let's put it this way. Uh, Trevor Simeon. We, we won't talk about the Broncos much, but Trevor Simeon, the way he played yesterday, anyway, um, is that is better than what Peyton Manning was two years ago for them, and they yeah. won the Super Bowl. So right. if, if that defense still looks incredible, I mean, that defense is unfair how good it is. And by the way. Kasim Etabali is playing snaps for Denver for yeah. that Denver defense, and Justin Simmons is their starting strong safety. I did not know that. Do you know that? that he is their starting strong safety cool. this year? That's cool. So uh, a couple BC impacts on the defensive side there. For back when we had the number one defense for the, in the league, yeah, for the best team in for the best defensive team in football. So, um, so that that's a great sign um, for yeah. them. One thing I just wanted to jump in with because you mentioned the Vikings and you said how oh, Sam Bradford might still be out next week. Yeah. I it reminded me that I saw this tweet, this quote from Mike Zimmer, who's yeah, the Bri- this is Vikings great. coach. This is a ridiculous quote. They said, so this is Mike Zimmer, the Vikings quote. He says, quote, Sam is fine. He might play one game from now. He might play six weeks from now. Either way, he's fine. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Six weeks? He's, he's fine. He's out for six weeks, but he's, he's like, fine? What? He's like a fine football player, like, a fine human being. What do you mean he's fine? He's their starting quarterback, and you said he might be back in six weeks? <laughs> like, <laughs> what, 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 what did I just hear? So that was kind of ridiculous. Um, the, the more recent reports say that he's closer to day-to-day, so I guess – he maybe he'll be back for week two, but I I don't know. we'll see. But I just thought that quote was very funny. It's very funny. I saw that too. Uh, underperforming team so far. 
Um, I'm going to put the Patriots on that list. They, yeah, certainly. We, we uh, are. Falcons, who are 1-1, yeah. one one, or 2-0, and oh, I think, but they did not look great. Yeah. Panthers, 2-0, and oh, do not look great. Panthers are the well, worst 2-0 and oh team, Won a 9-3 game against the Pills. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, Cardinals are underperforming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cowboys underperforming. Yeah. So there, there's mm-hmm. some good teams that aren't – I mean, there, there's only been two games, so yeah. we'll see how it all pans out. Some of those teams look better in their second games, so maybe are trending in the right direction. Falcons beating Green Bay obviously was nice, but they barely squeezed by the Bears in week one. So, yeah. so um, We'll see how that pans yeah. out. They're one constant with the NFL. Across it all, no matter what, through thick and thin. Never fails is that Andrew Luck is not helping his team win football games. Has been that way his entire career, and for some, pe- some reason people are still surprised by that. They're still surprised that Andrew Luck is not helping his team win football games. Yep. So I get it. He's hurt. But you got to be on the field to help your team win football games. Yep. Because when he's healthy, he's not doing that either. Yeah. Not elite. Andrew <laughs> not Luck close. is a schmuck. He's Andrew schmuck. He's not elite. He's so. not elite. Get over him, everyone. He's bad. Yeah. I, we've, I need to find the first clip of me saying that. It's definitely not a clip. It's it's a tweet from three or oh, four yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's, this way predates the podcast for sure. Anyway, keep so. your eyes peeled for Andrew Luck <laughs> Yeah. to be out of the Look league. Look out for him. So. Uh, that ends it for football, and we got one more topic here. So NBA um, starts in a month, so you know it's getting a little closer. But uh, the jerseys, everybody knows Nike has got the jersey deal now for the NBA, and they had been promoting that they were going to have a new jersey setup, kind of. So each team reportedly was going to have four uniforms. They're going to have their. They're going to ditch the home away. They're ditching. They're technically ditching home away, but they still sort of have what you would perceive as the home and away jerseys. They're I forget what they're called. You can they're wear called, any like, at any time. Though. You're you not will, obligated yeah, yeah, to yeah. anything. But I think yeah. the ho- yes, yeah, so the home team can choose what what your. I assume the home team picks, but it doesn't have to be their quote unquote home jersey. So like yeah, they can pick um, what jerseys they're going to wear. So they have. I forget the names, but there's there's four different weird names. I know for two the of jerseys. them. I know two of them. The statement jerseys just came out, and the community jerseys are coming next. Yeah. There's two other names for the the association or something, and yeah. like one other one. Icon the, maybe. Icon. I think it is icon. Yeah. Um, and so those are, so y- while they're not named home and away, you can think of them as the traditional home and away. It's because that's mostly across the league what they are. Yeah. They, they didn't um, change much, and there's a white and a dark. Yeah. For those two jerseys. For those two jerseys. For the third jersey that came out, which was the statement jersey that came out recently. There are some changes. Some teams are not so much changed. Other teams are. So um, to start with your Magic, not too big of a change, right? They, they have just dark. added the – so the Magic have always had the white. They're all pinstripe, which yep. I like. It's yep. a unique to the Magic. But it's white, blue, and then their statement jersey is just black, a black, black jersey. Yeah, yeah. Which they've always had as well. So if you have to lose one of those in order to do a crazy jersey, I'm fine with keeping those three. If you mm. make the fourth jersey – crazy yeah so, so which hopefully it will which be. hopefully it will be yeah. so the and and so the magic didn't change much right, so the right. celtics the celtics do have a completely a cool new one. uniform for their um for their statement jersey which is an all black you know so the the solid black base color of the uniform with green trim the green, darker green, green and trim. white trim yeah darker green and white trim so it's a little bit similar to their uh they had some alternates they have had alternates for the last like five or six years that were a darker green with black trim this is a black jersey with some green trim so uh, that's a little bit of a unique one. Statement. Statement. It's a statement jersey, you know. Um, off the top of my head, there are a few teams that really stood out. The Timberwolves have like a neon green yeah. one, which is kind of cool and interesting. Um, I'm trying to remember the other ones. The uh, Sixers had like a red one with some cursive, really cool cursive writing. writing on it. Yeah. Um, the Warriors have a very unique one. It's yes, got the like Warriors some, are green. It's, it's like a it's, green. It's like a woods. It's almost like the Bucks. Yeah, it's a Bucks and the color. The Bucks have kinda. a really cool one. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bucks, Bucks are great. Yeah, the Bucks, Bucks have, have like a uh, just a dark woodsy green with a yeah. 
an antler head on yeah yeah That's which it. is nice yeah, which cool. is nice um the the cavaliers have a not so great statement one that we saw yeah. it's got like their cavalier c but and then directly below it is the jersey number. But they have number. new association and icon ones, which are, which nice, are great. Which are the, so the Cavs association and icon jerseys, the maroon and the white, I believe, are really nice. They've got like um, superhero lettering-ish. Yeah, which, by the way, those blue ones I saw, I think, for Cavs might be their community one. It might be their fourth because I did see that blue one, which I thought uh, was kind of gross. But either way, so we'll find out for sure anyway, with them. So the, the ones that are going to come out next, I don't know if there's a date for them, but they are the community jerseys, right. which are um, akin to the Rip City jerseys right. or the um, – What's another one? I think Golden State's got, like, the city. The maybe, city, yeah. Golden State has the city. Uh, Something like that. Anyway, it's going to be yeah. focused it's on... It's supposed to be... It's supposed to be focused on the actual place that yeah, you're in. Something related to the to the community, community the yeah. place that you are. But now that's not to say they're all going to actually be that way. They might just... There could be a really super abstract one. Like, the Celtics could have, like, a... The Celtics could have one that's, like, a little bit off-white and say it's, like, a tribute to their history. So, like, the Whitey Bulger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, there could be very vague and weak connections there, but we'll see what the, what happens with them. So those are going to come out sometime in the next. Let's month guess what ours are. I think I know what mine's going to say. It's going to be stupid. I, I don't. I got no idea what ours is going to say. O Town. O Town. I don't think the Celtics would make a jersey that said like Bean Town or something. Or like they may. You know, Bean Town would be cool. Bean Town could happen. The Bean Town Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. I I could see mo- the Celtics maybe just making another jersey that really features the clover more. Like like I, like, yeah. I mean like they don't. The Bucks have the big antler head. Like maybe the Celtics would do something to feature the clover more because they don't really feature the clover at all in their uniform, except for on the back above the name. I think so. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Should, it, it, one thing is for sure is that people like change with jerseys, and yes. so um, whether they're subtle or or major, um, and either way, these changes are nice. I think. That what whatever Nike's done this time around to all of the jerseys, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like there's no basketball jersey that I hate. No, yeah, I agree. And there's definitely some football jerseys I hate. Yeah. So whatever they're doing to the basketball jerseys needs to yeah. be adopted to other sports. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Nike does the football ones, and they they haven't been doing as good of a job as no. they as they should be. I will say, I noticed the Lions in this game. Have, the Lions like, have nice ones. Nicer than, than in years past. But like the Bucks and the Titans have these warped nineties, yeah. two thousand millennial jerseys. Yeah. That the Rams now are terrible with their mm-hmm. gold. Oh, the trip. mismatching. There's just a lot That's of bad. Terrible. There's a lot of bad uh, yeah. jerseys in the NFL that need to be better. Yeah, and there was sure. not one bad NBA jersey yeah. that I saw. I agree. Except I agree. the Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. But they're the Spurs. So uh, that's that. Like, dude, like, shut up. Like, this, this is over. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to the final drive. You want to go first or second? I'm going to go first. All right. Cool. So we got Cozy Book Corner, Derek. Oh, all right. Nice little Cozy Book Corner. Get cozy, get some hot chocolate, break out your uh, reading glasses because we're about to get cozy. Uh, Ready Player One, new movie coming out by Steven Spielberg next year. Uh, It is a recent book, actually. I think it came out a couple years ago. Um, Written by Ernest Cline. It is about a futuristic society that's that's all plugged into this massive video game. The whole, basically, all of video gaming culture in about 20 years is turned into one online gaming experience, and it's like virtual reality, basically. It's, it's going to be the next 20 years. Yeah. It's like a f- it really is what's going to happen. But it's not so much about that, but it's about a, a kid and these other teenagers who are, find this quest. Like the, the creator of it dies, leads his fortune to whoever can finish these quests, and it's like billions and bazillions of dollars. Um, so they go on this quest, a lot of obvious complications, and then um, it all wraps up nice and neat. 
So I'm not going to explain any more about it. It's got like a Willy Wonka feel. There's this, the whole world is in a frenzy to find this, they call it the Easter egg because it's like the, it's like an actual game of Easter egg. It's the term for finding these, these type of hidden things. Yep. Um, but this time it's a bazillion dollars. So I liked it, didn't love it. Um, I'm going to give it Ready Player One, 69 Steve Nicholas Avocados. All right. Not certified guac. A lot of 80s references, which is the major downfall. Okay. I, did, I got none of them. The whole book <laughs> Understandably. Is, the whole book is cram-packed full of it. Really? It was like made for someone who was huh. born in the 80s. Huh. Um, so most likely no one who's listening to this podcast. Right. Um, but that being said, it's a fun story. It's entertaining. It's a very unique he creates a world, creates characters, and creates this crazy storyline all within under 400 pages. And it's going to be a movie written by Steven Spielberg. So if that's nice. your thing, nice. it, it could be it could be right up your alley. But um, for me, just under a, a, a good score. There you so, go. Yeah. There you go. 69. 69 is still nice. It's yeah. I mean, it's so. the best score. But it's, <laughs> um, and that's it. All right. Cool. Uh, my final drive is. We're going to keep coming with these just until we get a solid grip on it. So movie pass update, <laughs> right? Um, so I, I told you last week I got my movie pass, all right? Credit card, the debit card is in my possession. I used it last week. I finally used it. So here's what you, you got to do to use it, all right? You open up the app. You, all right, so <laughs> I skipped a few steps. <laughs> First, you got to find out what movie you want to go to, and then you actually have to go to the theater. Okay, so, so you're not using movie pass until you do that. So that's kind of the catch here. You got to go to the theater first. But... <laughs> So that might you might be out after hearing that. But if you're not out yet, you get to the theater. In fact, in my case, you're about still 50 yards away from the theater. You're walking on the sidewalk. You can open up the app. You press check-in for the movie that you want to go to. Press check-in. It loads for like one second, and then it says success. And then it says go buy your ticket. So I put my phone away. I go in there. I take out my MoviePass debit card at the kiosk. I choose the movie I'm going to. Not like signing a MoviePass or anything. You just choose the movie you want to go to. It pops up. It's like $14, whatever. You go to checkout. Check out. It's like, all right, pay with your credit card now. You pay with the MoviePass card, and that's it. It works just like that was your credit card, except you didn't pay any money because it was on your MoviePass card. Then you print your ticket and you go in, and that's that. So it was very easy. Yes, question. What if you don't use the money on your card? So you got 30 minutes to use the money oh, on the card, away. or else it will go away, oh. and, and it's not like you lose it or anything. If, if, you, if it goes away, you didn't use it, you still have your movie for that day, you know? So, or and you also could just cancel it too. So, here, here's the here's the thing. So we've we've talked before about like, well, where's the reliability there, right? Like, like what if I go to the movies but it's sold out, right? When you actually press the check in and then you get that message that says success, go buy your ticket. At the bottom, it says sold out or changed your mind? Question mark. Click here to cancel. So like so it doesn't right know. there it acknowledges it's like this might be sold out. I don't, so it, <laughs> yeah. sold out. Like, I don't know. Cancel it here. Pick a different movie. So that's part of the whole problem right now I think for, for a lot of audience members that you can't go to the movies with your friends if you guys are buying your tickets ahead of time that, that's really the, the number one only downfall of the whole system but regardless um, that movie cost $14 and my movie pass subscription only cost $9.99 so for that reason it was worth it it's already um, paid off I, but I have to do that every month so, so yes it's like you, you gotta go to the movies every month but um, so far it's good Last note, I saw Atomic Blonde, which is the one with Charlize Theron, uh, Secret Agent. I forget what I told you I gave it. I think I gave it like a 78, uh, Derek Dragonfruit. So it's just short of certified. Okay. Uh, Taekwondo, but 78? 78. 80 is yeah. your cutoff for certified? Uh, well, probably, no, but it's cut, sort of a loose cutoff. Probably 85 is okay. probably, my, probably my thing. Yeah. So, so it's well, short. It's short of being certified, but it was good. 
Okay. It, it was a good entertaining movie. So. Got it. I don't remember what my cutoff actually was, but 78 is what I'm going to get. So. All right. So that's it. That's my final That's job. it. All right. So. Wow. Anything else? You good? That's it. No, I'm done. All righty. Episode 79 of the books. We'll see you guys next week. 80. 80 is a big number. 80 is a big number. See you guys next week. Later. Later. Days.